I speak to you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Well, something happened to me last night. <laughs> way after I'd written my sermon, way after I had put my laptop in my bag and got my things ready for tomorrow, I was listening to music as I prepared to go to bed. And as I bounced back between my favorites, I came across Emmylou Harris's version of a Towns Van Zant song. And maybe you know it, if you needed me. And it begins simply with a question. If I needed you, would you come to me? Would you come to me and ease my pain? I couldn't help but think about our gospel for today. I thought about Thomas, the disciple, who earlier in, in chapter 14 asks questions of Jesus when no one else will. When Jesus foreshadows his suffering and death that is to take place. And the disciples are to follow in the way. It's Thomas that breaks the silence. Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Then Jesus meets Thomas in the moment and answers him by saying, I am the way. Instructing them to continue to believe and follow him. But as we fast forward to chapter 20, so much has happened. Jesus has been crucified. He has died. He's been laid in a tomb. And through Mary's firsthand account, the disciples learn that he has risen from the dead. As Christians, we too have journeyed through the cross to the joy of Easter. However, as we return our attention to the disciples and where they find themselves. This news doesn't appear to mean much to this traumatized group. Mary's account doesn't necessarily erase their fears. It doesn't bring Jesus back to them. And so they huddle up in their own place of waiting behind locked doors. They are terrified of what might be next for them. And on that night, Thomas is nowhere to be found. And so I hear that song begin again. And this time it becomes more like a plea as it somehow enters the room where the disciples wait. If I needed you, would you come to me? Would you come to me and ease my pain? Jesus does come among the disciples, filling them with his peace, breathing upon their trembling bodies with the warm, rushing wind of the Spirit. Not only is the resurrected Jesus physically and spiritually transformed, this is a totally new thing God is doing. And it happens throughout creation. It echoes, it ripples into eternity. Our risen Lord gives the disciples a new mission, 
They become heirs of the resurrection. They are to continue God's healing work, to practice forgiveness and reconciliation, empowered by the Spirit. It is important that the work of the resurrection continues, and it will transform their present and the future. The disciples are very much changed that night, from locked doors and incredible fear to shock and amazement to a feeling of peace and renewal and a new and deeper understanding of the great love of God, and it just fills them up. Jesus has shown up when they desperately needed him. And later, they'll share with Thomas what they have seen and heard. And quickly, it is understood that he will not be satisfied with their report. He wants more than their testimony. He wants Jesus, and he's not afraid to ask for what he needs. Now this truly becomes the song of Thomas. If I needed you, would you come to me? Would you come to me and ease my pain? Thomas waits on Jesus. He wants what Mary has experienced. He wants what his fellow disciples have seen. He will not settle for anything less. And this does not make him a doubter or less faithful. Thomas knows who Jesus is. He knows this pattern, how Jesus operates, that Jesus is relational, loving, and present. The song continues now with a beautiful response to the question, if you needed me, I would come to you. I would swim the seas for to ease your pain. Jesus doesn't exactly swim to the seas to get to Thomas, but he does return, coming among the group gathered in the house a week later. He offers them peace and immediately turns to Thomas and says, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. We don't know if Thomas actually touches Jesus' wounds. And maybe it really doesn't matter if he does this or not. What is important is that our Lord willingly offers his body to Thomas. That's just what Jesus does. Our text says that Jesus tells Thomas not to doubt but to believe. However, a more accurate translation is do not be disbelieving but believe. And this is not an accusation of Thomas, again, being unfaithful. But it is Jesus calling him to turn towards something deeper, to keep moving forward in new life as a missioner of the resurrection. Thomas may seem demanding to ask Jesus to show up, to not be satisfied with what he has heard from others. However, Jesus has already set a precedence by appearing to Mary and the disciples, and this pattern will continue. This gospel is less about Thomas and more about the recognizable shape of God's activity across history. 
Although God works in often unimaginable ways to come to us, there is no doubt that God will do this because God loves us. And God will not stop pursuing us until the whole creation is new. The good news is that we can believe that there is no cross, no tomb, no locked door, nothing in our life that will keep Jesus from coming to us. And we can believe that. Toward the end of the gospel, Jesus' words take a a futuristic and far-reaching tone. He's not just addressing Thomas now, but others to come, even people like us who receive the gospel and meet Jesus. Not in the locked house with the disciples, but in the Word. Not by placing our hands in Jesus' wounds, but by placing our hands together in prayer, or when we receive communion, or as we reach out to serve others. I mean, this happens also when we join in the disciples' mission, practicing forgiveness and reconciliation on a regular basis. This is where the risen Christ continues to be known. That is how Jesus comes to us even today. On this second Sunday in Easter, may we be a little bit more like Thomas. May we always be seeking something deeper, a real experience of Jesus. And may we know that it's not too much to ask of the one who loves us, who still comes among us, the one who makes all things new. Amen.